superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Recording this on a Thursday afternoon. Not going to lie, Thursday, July 16th, haven't has not been one of my more productive days. I uh, thought about recording this podcast a little bit earlier. Ended up just watching golf. Just read the Washington Redskins article. And uh, we, we'll talk about that. Some of the franchise tags. And uh, Middlecoff Mailbag, as of course, at John Middlecoff is my Instagram. And we do mailbags every single podcast. You just ask a question, at John Middlecoff, my name, just spelled out. And slide up in the Instagram, direct messages, and you get read here on the show. It's pretty easy, pretty straightforward. You know, we're coming down the home stretch, we think, of training camp starting. And hopefully we'll have a lot more going on. But... You know, like Belichick says, no days off. Got a couple things to talk about. Fire it up. Also, uh, for those of you that have, I greatly appreciate it. For those of you that haven't and have been thinking about it, I would greatly appreciate. Go to the 3 and Out podcast on Apple or iTunes. Leave a review. Subscribe to that podcast. I know some of you guys listen on Colin's feed. You can also listen on my feed. Probably easier that way. Subscribe to that podcast. Leave a review. I tip my hat out of respect like Derek Jeter's nephew in the little gif, if you do that. So let's start with this. Before we get into Dan Snyder, I don't want to get too negative off the top. Let's start with the franchise tags. And the franchise tag has been something that's always talked about every year. Will you extend the guy? Will you franchise tag him? It, it clearly is a, a a basic mode of operation now in the NFL. It's pretty normal for teams to use it on good players. And to me, when I see a player tagged, 
it immediately shows a couple things. One, the team values the player because the team could easily just let the player hit the open market. So if a, if a team tags a player, it shows that team thinks highly of the player. Now, we can dispute whether they're in love, whether they like. Obviously, there are there's contacts in every individual player when it comes to getting tagged. But I'd say for the most part, if you get tagged, you're a couple things. You're a really good player, and you're a player that team would, in theory, like to keep. Now, if you're a tagged player, that usually shows you're an expensive player. You're a highly, you know, you will become a highly compensated, uh, you know, player in the league, right? Over a several-year deal, if you were to hit the open market. Most players, if they were not tagged, would get large contracts. Sometimes it's simply, depending on the way your cap is structured, you tag a player to trade them because you don't want to lose the value. You don't necessarily want to keep them. For example, we saw it last year with D. Ford. He was tagged, and then he was traded to the Niners. The Chiefs, like D. Ford, didn't want to pay him, but also used his value to their advantage. I also think the tag deadline also shows a couple things. Are both sides willing to make deals? And I think we often think with the franchise tag that it's the team that is reluctant or not on the same page as the player. Sometimes it's the opposite. And we'll get into Dak, you know, in a second. It takes two to tango in a contract negotiation, right? If you're going to do a deal with someone in any business, they got to say yes and you got to say yes. As Parag Marathe, the 49ers cap guru, told me, I think it was two years ago, we had him on my other podcast, uh, Haberman and Middlecoff, and he said something because I, we often feel that a lot of the best contract negotiators Howie Roseman, you know, Parag, Belichick, some of the teams that are known as like cutthroat with money, kind of screw over or always win the deals. And he was adamant that he doesn't like doing deals unless the other side feels comfortable. Now, sometimes as a team, you're going to have leverage and vice versa. Sometimes as the player, Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have leverage. Now, in the NFL, typically for a player to have leverage, he has to be elite. Right? Sometimes you see in basketball and you see in baseball, a player can have some leverage and just be like above average. That's not the case in the NFL. And I think that's why the NFL is so healthy. You don't get stuck signing consistently dumb contracts. If you're going to pay $90 million to a defensive lineman, usually his name's Khalil Mack or Miles Garrett. It's not just some random Joe Schmo. Now, the bad teams do sign random players. But when we look at the players... Who got done? Because I, I think the deal, I think the couple deals that got done right at the deadline showed you two things. The player and the team were on the same page. Let's start with the Tennessee Titans. John Robinson, Mike Vrabel have put together a very, very solid team. Two years ago, they were in a win to get in game, week 17. And remember, Marcus Mariota got hurt and the and the Colts beat him. And but they were right there. Next year, they have a backup plan, get Ryan Tannehill. He comes in, you know, Marcus Mariota kind of gets benched, is hurt, whatever, is terrible. And Ryan Tannehill, because the infrastructure around them was good, and Derrick Henry carries the team to the AFC Championship game. Now, I'm a believer that you don't pay running backs. And when I say you don't pay running backs, you don't commit to four to five years with running backs. Like what the Cowboys did with Zeke, like what the LA Rams did with Todd Gurley. 
They didn't give him 20 or 30 million, which essentially equates to a two-year deal. They gave those guys 45, 50 million dollars. So essentially, three and a half, four-year deals, you are stuck with the player on top of the upcoming year. Well, the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry, who has been a very, very good player, who last year had a historic season. He broke the record of like three straight year, three straight games with over 180 yards. He was dominant. He was like secretariat. He was unstoppable. And they signed him to, I would say, a very team-friendly deal, but also a smart deal for Derrick Henry. No one was going to give a guy like Derrick Henry, who you wouldn't really call a complete back, much more of a between-the-tackles runner, but is very good at it. And they essentially gave him a two-year, $25 million deal. I know the deal says for whatever, $50 million, but they guaranteed $25 million. So you're basically betting on his prime these next couple years, and you're, you feel good about it. And from Derrick Henry's standpoint, you see some of these guys hitting the open market. Le'Veon Bell, who's a more complete player, who I think ended up with $27 million. Melvin Gordon, who's not as good of a runner, but who's a better pass catcher. Uh, but he's battled some injuries. I think got like $14 million. You just look at the open market. You go, they're giving me $25 million. I'm also, I played football in the South. I'm still playing in the NFL in the South. My marketability in this area is really strong. It makes sense. It takes two to tango, and they got the deal done. When it comes to Brett Veach, Andy Reid, and Chris Jones, you got to tip your hat first to Patrick Mahomes, who could have, I, I, I once heard this story, I think Lewis Riddick told me, when I was in the NFL, about Bill Polian always complaining about doing deals with Tom Condon and Peyton Manning. Because Tom Condon would always tell him, that's not enough. That's not enough. We want more. And Polian would go, how am I supposed to pay my other players? And Tom Condon would basically reply, I don't give a shit. That is not my problem. That is not what Mahomes did to Andy Reid and Veach and the Chiefs. He allowed them to have a lot of cap space this year because I think he's playing on his $2.2 million base salary under his rookie contract. It was a 10-year extension, and they didn't rip up the contract. And he enabled them to get this deal done. And here's the thing with Chris Jones. If you have a great quarterback, what do you want next? And if I use the uh, Colts analogy, what did they have? They had Mathis and they had Freeney. So if you're going to have Mahomes, to me the most important two things to have are going to be sweet pass rushers. They got Frank Clark, they keep Chris Jones, and a good offensive line, which they have. That is the key. And they invested in it. They've drafted this guy, they know this guy, and he proved in the highest level of football, right, in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, he can take over. I am not into, like, I don't look at the Titans paying a premium for Derrick Henry. They gave him a solid contract, but they didn't, like, mortgage their salary cap. The Chiefs, who gave, you know, more than double the guaranteed money, now, he plays a much more important position, an interior pass rusher to Chris Jones, but at the end of the day, he's an elite player. And his high end is just elite. So anytime that I can get an elite defensive tackle, I don't mind paying a premium. Because if I'm going to pay a premium, the player better be dominant. Or at least have be, you know, B plus, A minus all the time. I can't afford to give A, A minus money to a B minus, C plus player. And I think you often see that in free agency, and it's why a lot of teams get in trouble with their cap. Well, the Chiefs right now, when you think about it, who have they paid? I don't know, Chris Jones. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, they've trade, they've paid Pro Bowl and All-Pro level players. When you look at the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry is an All-Pro level player who fits their scheme perfectly, and they know him, and they know the person. I am always much more comfortable paying a guy in my locker room. 
because I know him. I see him work every day. I know the way he operates. I know what he's like when he's in a bad mood. I know what he's like in a good mood. You always feel more comfortable taking care of your own if they deserve it. And I think both these two guys deserved it. Now, when you look at Dak Prescott, a little bit different because I, I said on Monday, it was pretty clear they hadn't, Clarence Hill had reported they hadn't had a negotiation or contract talk since March. And you do deals with people you want to do deals with. You communicate with people you want to communicate with. If you don't talk to someone for a long period of time or text message, send an email, that is because you don't want to. That is because you don't value the person. How often do you go without, even if you're away from home for a week, texting your wife, calling your wife, calling your kids? How often, if you're separated, even during this pandemic, do you not talk to your business partner or your boss or your clients? You prioritize what is important in your life. And you can tell me that they love Dak Prescott, but a little weird. Now, the news we found out on Wednesday, Jane Slater, who's also on this podcast network, uh, tweeted that the Cowboys had made a significant offer of 33 to $35 million and over $100 million guaranteed. That was on the table. And then last minute, Dak Prescott personally got involved. And the deal didn't get done because it was too late. Like, I'm sorry. I, I've had some people in the league push back at me on this, and they blame the Cowboys. If that deal's on the table, that's on Dak Prescott. Like, pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. How are you not signing a deal over $100 million and $33 to $34 million a year? Who do you think you are? I've also gotten some arguments with some buddies in the league that, like, think there are going to be a lot of options next year on the open market. I don't think that's guaranteed. What if he doesn't play well? What if he's just average? You either get better or you get worse in the NFL. Nobody stays the same. Because if he gets better, the Cowboys will just franchise him again. He won't be available. The thing with Kirk Cousins, it was pretty easy for the Redskins to let him walk. The team sucked. He was kind of a limited player. He had no athleticism. Now he's been solid for the Vikings, but their team is dramatically better than anything he played with in Washington. The thing with Dak, his team's stacked. He has stud players everywhere. They just added another star-wide receiver. So why not franchise him? Now, if you put that offer on the table, like that's on his side. It takes two to tango. You ever sign a contract? Both sides of the party need to sign the deal. So if the Cowboys have this thing, and they email it to him, or they send him in DocuSign, and he doesn't sign it, or he you know, nitpicks it, like that, that, that's on the player's side. Like, what does he think he's getting? hundred. What are you arguing over? An extra $5 million? You're not the quarterback of the Jaguars. You're not the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. You're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. If they're offering you 100 to $110 guaranteed million, you will double that off the field. You're, and Collins talked about this for a long time. Your value as a quarterback of that team is just infinitely higher of basically any other team in the league. It's very valuable to be the quarterback of that squad. That's why you've seen him on so many commercials over the last several years. So yeah, he hasn't made that much in his you know, his annual income because of where he was drafted. He's made millions off the field. He could have doubled down. He could have made millions now on the field and millions off the field. Now he's going to get $30 million, but there's a huge risk. This is football. What if he has a major injury? What if he plays you know, terrible? 
What if the team, just because of this pandemic, no practice, they're just not that good? I know if you look at the odds, everyone thinks the Cowboys are going to win the division, and everyone Cowboys have like the third best odds to win the NFC. I mean, I, I, to me, that's a pretty big stretch based on a new coaching staff implementing a new system. But like, I, I'm putting this one on Dak and his camp. If that offer was legitimately on the table, I can't blame Jerry. Like, what, what do you want? We can only kiss your ass with offers so many times. This is more than a fair offer if those numbers are true. And Jane's always on the ball. Like, she she ain't making this up. Like, that's that's on Dak Prescott. And I give Derrick Henry, and I give John Robinson and his camp and both sides, they got a deal done. Chris Jones, Brett Veach, the Kansas City Chiefs, got a deal done. You either get deals done or you don't. Like, you can, oh, it's on him, it's on him. It's, it's on somebody. The deal did not get done. And I, I'm a big believer and I was raised this way, like, excuses, excuse. I, I don't even care. Don't tell me how rocky the sea is. Just get the ship to land. And for whatever reason, like, it sure feels like the Cowboys had, had thrown out a pretty credible offer. It wasn't like, you know, remember the Redskins offers to Kirk Cousins? It actually made no sense for him not to keep doing franchise tags. This one, when they're offering you you know, more than three times the amount of guaranteed money you're going to get this season with, with long-term security? I, I, I'm sorry, man. That's The Dak Prescott side misplayed their hand on that one. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate Within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, 
you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. One thing has become pretty clear, and we talk about it all the time when it comes to football. But I think it rings true in the NBA. It's probably fair to say in, in Major League Baseball for, for two, but definitely in the NFL and the NBA. That successful franchises usually have high level ownership. And crappy franchises usually have terrible ownership. And I, I think the Washington, I mean, they don't even have a name. The, the team doesn't even have a name right now. Well, the Washington, they don't have a name. Just say that out loud. That sums up your franchise. They're a joke franchise right now. Now, I'm going to separate the coaching staff because Ron Rivera and I think his staff are high level. He's successful. This is not his problem. Well, I mean, technically it is his problem now. This is not his fault. He didn't create this. And I think it's a big challenge for Ron because, for example, I think the Washington, I want to call them the Redskins, but it's not even their name anymore, are the New York Knicks of football. And what's weird is James Dolan was handed the team. He was born into wealth. Dan Snyder accumulated that wealth on his own. Really an incredible business story, right? Kind of like the Mark Cuban of the NFL, except Mark Cuban led a successful franchise. And, I, you know, when you look at, like, some teams, for example are limited by the amount of money they have. Like some small market teams in the NBA, they just don't have the money. Uh, For example, like the Sacramento Kings are always going to just be limited financially compared to like what the Warriors make now. But the Warriors forever were a joke. Let me repeat, a joke. Like a Donald Sterling level Clippers joke. They were were the same. They were the Clippers. Then Joe Lake bought them and they'd never look back. Like that happened, Right. And I think the power of ownership is really important. Now, the reality is, you know, like in any building, like in any business, there are going to be, when you give me 32 options of 32 people, even of the most successful people, then you ask them all to run a franchise, some are going to be better at it than others. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. The cream's going to rise. There's going to be some just in the middle of the pack, which is going to be the majority, and there's going to be some crap on the bottom. We've seen that in the NFL for a long time, right? Whoever has owned the Browns, whether it was Jimmy Haslam and, and uh, was it Lerner before him, 
the Davis family and the Raiders for the last couple decades have been atrocious. Uh, before Michael Bidwell took over his family, his parents in Arizona, joke. Joke. I mean, really bad. The Spanos is, I'd consider, like, middle of the road. Uh, but I'd say the in the NFL, like, when you factor in prestige, power of market, unlimited money. It's not like the Redskins aren't making money. That's the thing with the Raiders forever. They couldn't make any money. Redskins print cash. They are a cash cow brand. And they never win. Same with the Knicks. The Knicks stink. And if you put them on the open market right now, they get like $5 billion. It's incredible how much money and value they still have, despite being kind of irrelevant for the last couple decades. You take out Lynn Sanity. I mean, what are we talking about here? One good Carmelo year? When's the last time they've been good? Same with the Redskins. Like what? RG3 season? They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs when he got hurt? They made the playoffs? I think they made the playoffs once in the 2000s. They're a laughing stock. And then this article comes out, and uh, luckily, like, I wasn't going to subscribe to the Washington Post. And I'm pro-journalism. I just wasn't just to read this article. Luckily, there's, you know, it's 2020, and uh, people started forwarding me the free article, and I, I read it, and I skimmed it. I, I, I power read it. Any lawyers know... Uh, I think you guys get taught to power speed read in law school. Sources say I, n- I never attended. I'm just a state school guy. But I, I-, I skim read on a state school level. So I-, I probably miss some stuff. But the main gist of this article that had been kind of floating out there in the ether for the last week that it was, I mean, the rumors out there of drug use and and paying off official, like it was like had a chance to be pretty nuts. Turns out it was just three guys who were fired, the play-by-play announcer, uh, and two scouts. And it makes all three look like scumbags. Like, I- I'm sorry. I- I've never dated anyone I worked with. I never was even interested in doing that. I, I valued my career too much. One. So I-, I never even thought about it like that. And two, like, I just respect women. And I think, ev- I know this. M- everyone I worked with in the NFL, and again, it was a short-lived time, and it was with pretty high-level people, but I-, I never saw anything like what was reported in this article. And obviously, a ton of GMs. Even guys like Grigson, who was a bad GM, like treated people like nice, you know, not necessarily the scouts, but just people in the organization. Uh, you know, I, I can't even imagine what I read. And some of the stuff of like one of their personnel guys, last name Santos, texting, you know, reporters, pinching their butt. I mean, it was just complete losers. Like, bro, you're just a loser. And you see a lot on Twitter, like, there's not like some take to be had. The guy's a scumbag, and he got fired. Now, and the play-by-play guy was doing similar stuff, if Dan Snyder knew about this and didn't fire them, that's on him. And I don't see how he wouldn't necessarily know about it, but I I don't have that information in front of me right now. And we'll see where this comes. Like, did he cover stuff up? Because if he did, it's going to be bad. But I read the article, and my first takeaway is, yeah, he's not selling the team. Like, you can't get rid of him off this, unless there's a lot more information, and who knows? This stuff is fluid. Uh... But at the end of the day, like with Dolan, these organizations are just a laughingstock for the league. And the league, and the NBA, the Knicks, and in the NFL, the Washington Redskins, they would love to have those markets be relevant. They would love to have these teams be successful. But it's pretty hard to overcome incompetency. And Dolan, we all know people who have been handed wealth. Some do a good job, right? Some are raised the right way and actually take it to another level. 
And I think you read studies, the majority of people just kind of maintain it, and there's a percentage of it that screw it up. And clearly Dolan is the percentage that, I wouldn't say he screwed up the wealth because they're making money, but he's not successful. Dan Snyder's one of those guys who actually self-made, made it, and then once he makes it, gets into a business in the, in the NFL and can't figure out how to operate. Whether it's his people skills, whether it's his hiring skills, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I don't really, I know a couple guys on the staff there now, though they've been there such a short period of time, they, they don't know, they're just, they, hell, the corona hit, they haven't even been in the office. So I, I don't really have much information on the inner workings of the Washington Redskins. I just judge them off having worked in that division, and we just laughed at them. And having worked with Lewis Riddick, that worked for Dan Snyder, hearing some of the stories, like he's kind of crazy. But I'd say most rich guys and super successful guys are quote-unquote a little crazy. Like Jerry Jones, people meet him, like, yeah, he's crazy. Steve Ballmer, crazy. But they're Joe Lacob, crazy. These guys are hard-charging alpha Take never take no for an answer in business, not with women. And they're just, you know, you hear these stories and they're actually admirable. And every story you hear about Dan Snyder is like the opposite. It's like, this guy's a loser. And I, I, I think, listen, he's not going anywhere. The league's not going to be able to kick him out unless more crazy information comes out about him. And it's going to be very, very hard for Ron Rivera to overcome this. And Ron Rivera right now is by far the most important guy in this organization. But as I like, we've seen it with the Knicks. They had Mike D'Antoni, who won in Phoenix, who's now winning in Houston. He wins everywhere he goes. He couldn't win there because he couldn't overcome Dan Snyder. And I think it's going to be difficult for Ron to overcome Dan Snyder. Even though he feels like they're on the same page, Dan might tell you, well, Jerry Richardson, who was kind of kicked out slash forced to sell slash was over it, Ron got a, you know, was able to function with him, who's not an easy guy to work for. But I'd say Dan's probably infinitely more difficult. And I, I just, listen, he's got an uphill battle to go. One, just he doesn't have a quarterback probably. They, they, their roster is not talented enough. But just strictly overcoming ownership. Because it's proven over and over and over in pro sports. When your owner is a quote-unquote bad owner, you lose. Like it's why I don't pick the Browns to win this year. It's like, well, they got Jim, you know, they got Baker Mayfield, they... They added this guy. They, they added some offensive linemen. They added a new coach. Like We say this shit like every other year with the franchise. As long as Jimmy Haslam's pacing up and down that office, I'm betting against him. I'm betting against him. Like Vivek Ranadive with the Sacramento Kings. As long as he owns that organization is the lead, the alpha decision maker, I'm betting against him. I'm betting against him. It's pretty simple. You know who's a pretty terrible owner, it seems like? Seems like a smart guy. A good guy. Actually seems like a nice guy. It's not like he's even a meddler. But for whatever reason, his team sucks all the time. It's Shad Khan. Like, he's a successful business guy. And I wouldn't... Seems like he's nicer to deal with. Though I haven't really... I don't have any information to base that off of. But he's just a bad owner. You know, some guys are just bad owners for whatever reason. Sometimes they might mean well. Sometimes they might not mean well. Sometimes they might be assholes. Sometimes they might be nice guys. I don't know. I've only had really experience. I've only had experience working with one guy. He just hired the right guy and he lets him go. Clearly, the meddling aspect, the always being around aspect, can add pressure. I, Washington team is just a, it's just a joke. And if Ron Rivera can just like make the playoffs a couple times with this team, I mean, shit, we might talk about him like a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, let's get into the middle cough mailbag. 
at John Middlecoff. Also, again, Apple iTunes, go leave a review, subscribe to the Three and Out podcast if you're listening through Colin's feed. Greatly appreciate that. Start with the Instagram. If I miss your question, I apologize. I don't have a great uh, accounting method to do this. I get a lot of DMs. Obviously, the the vast, vast majority are football questions. Also get some other random ones, and they just get lost in the shuffle. So uh, I'm doing the best I can. Now, I'm not an excuse maker, but it's it's a little more challenging than you think. Because here's the other thing. Once you send a question, and then you try to ask another question, you get put in a separate part of the DMs. Like, I try to answer the newest questions, so sometimes people that ask second questions get mad. Sometimes I just manually answer the questions, and those people are like, well, is this question going to be on the show? Sometimes I just do it like I type it back to you, and then that person gets mad. I apologize. I'm trying to do the best I can here. What's the craziest miracle you think you've seen in college football? Obviously, the Bama-Auburn one was crazy just for what was on the line, but I've always thought the Duke-Miami kickoff return was the craziest thing in sports I've ever seen. That one would definitely be up there. During, uh, I mean, it's still going on. During Corona, I watched the, it was Michigan, it was Michigan-Colorado in the mid-90s. I did not know this. Uh, Ray Carruth, I almost say he's on Colorado, but he might have been on Michigan. I think he was on, he was a Buffalo. And uh, I was. Well, I just watched the game because it was the Hail Mary game. Yeah, he was on, he went to Colorado. So Ray Carruth in this game was just giving Michigan the business. And is this the right Ray Carruth? Yeah, he went to Colorado. And then he threw that Hail Mary and it was incredible. But I didn't watch it live. I, I would say the Alabama... The kicks, the kick six was because I was watching that live. I was not watching the Miami Duke thing live. I just remember seeing it get like replayed, and I was sitting on the couch watching college football, and then it gets replayed. But yeah, man, it was the kick six. Just given that it was Saban, given how good the teams were, that was crazy, man. I, I I'm taking the kick six. Question for the pod: What teams in the NFL would Harbaugh leave Michigan for? And do you think Harbaugh could change them around like he did for the 49ers back in 2011? I think if Dan Quinn were to get fired this year, I think the Atlanta Falcons would be interested in Harbaugh. I think uh, I think the Chicago Bears, if Matt Nagy and whatever, you know, that doesn't go well for a couple years, that, that could be an option. I, I would say like Bears, Falcons, just because Falcons have big money. Uh, though, Matt, I mean, trust me, I believe my guy Matt Nagy ain't losing. Like, he's going to win this fall. But that would just, you know, he played there. I'd say the Colts, probably not an option. Uh, the Dolphins are not an option anymore. I don't know. I mean, as, as Harbaugh lost a little luster, uh, I, 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 I don't think, like, it's different in the NFL than it is in college. Like, you go, what teams would Urban Meyer coach? You'd be like, USC, Texas. You know, Florida, Ohio State, it's like a short list. What teams would Dabo Sweeney, if he left Clemson, be interested in coaching, right? You'd be like, Ohio State, USC, you know, Miami. You know, it'd be elite blue blood programs. In football, if Kyler Murray's unreal and Cliff Kingsbury sucks, the Arizona Cardinals is a good job, right? If Justin Herbert is sweet for the Chargers, even though they got Dean Spanos and no fans, and Anthony Lynn gets fired, that's a good job. So really, unlike where history and money in college football, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, USC, Oregon, 
Florida, LSU, Bama, Georgia, like Texas, Oklahoma. We say the same 10 freaking programs every time we list programs you'd want to work for. In the NFL, Seattle sucked my entire life. Then they got Russell Wilson, and now they're good. And now they're like a marquee franchise. You know, you watch some of these shows. I was watching something. Was it a documentary? Was it Ron Wolf Football Life or Show on the Packers? Maybe I was reading an article. You forget. You don't forget if you're younger, and because I, I don't. The Packers were awful in the 80s. Terrible. And Ron Wolf gets the job. He trades for Brett Favre. And from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, they've had a dominant basically 30 years. But if you ask a Packer fan what the 80s were like, they would laugh at you. Like if you ask a 50-year-old Packer fan. Right? So I, I think like the Niners job, like if you go, John, what was it like growing up? I'd be like, well, the Niners were my team. They were stacked. And then I went to college and they became a joke. And then at one point in time, Pete Carroll turned down the Niners to stay at USC. So I think a lot of college coaches turn down NFL jobs if they're not in good position to, uh, you know, in good position to have a quarterback. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better. To essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% 
of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours? LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Uh, hey, John, loved your giant mailbag. Could you answer my last question? Love the podcast and going strong. Maybe make this a segment, but who would be your top five Super Bowl matchups be from any team of any year? Use current rules, for example, undefeated Patriots versus 2013 Seahawks, 81 Bears, I think you mean 85 Bears, versus 19 Chiefs, winner score matchup MVP for each matchup. Did I already answer this question? Maybe I did manually. I would say the best teams of my life like the Giants team that beat the 07 Patriots was not better than the Patriots. They just matched up better. 07 Patriots were unreal. Uh, really, the Denver Bronco team that got knocked out by the Ravens was pretty unreal, too. They ended up winning the Super Bowl like four years later. Seattle team was really good. This Chiefs team was really good. Uh, the 85 Bears, I mean, I was one years old. They clearly were unreal. Some of those late 90, or late 80s, early 90s Giants and Redskins teams. The 94 49ers. Uh, one of those Packer teams with Favre was freaking stacked. Some of those Pittsburgh Steeler teams of the of the late 2000s were unreal with Ben and that defense. I would say the best team in my lifetime, I'm a little biased, would probably be the 94 Niners. Now you could also say like the 92 or 93 Cowboys. I, I think those teams still to this day would kick the shit out of most of the teams in the last 20 years. I mean, they had pro bowlers at every position. They had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, the Cowboys had Jimmy Johnson. Bill Walsh was gone, but the but the Niners were so good. The Cowboys were so good, and they had then they got you know they kind of traded off on Deion Sanders in '94 to '95. I'd put those teams and even that Favre team with Reggie White uh, was it Dorsey Levens, you know, they, they, Chumura, the offensive line, the defensive line that they were just stacked. I, I think the '90s. You watched a lot of that Jordan documentary. I go, yeah, I take the Jordan Bulls against like any team of the last like 30 years. I think Shaq and Kobe would be hard because Shaq they don't have a matchup for inside with like Longley and you know Winnington. But I think in football, like I, I would take those '90s teams against like any team of the last 20 years. Like who's the best Patriot team? It's always hard. Like who's the best Patriot team in the last 20 years? You know, you'd say they had some really good teams over the last decade, but were they as Good as the first, you know, go around. The first go around was much more defensive heavy, right? You know, with Vrabel, Bruschi, Richard Seymour. Uh, they had Asante. They got Rodney Harrison. They were just unreal on defense. Offensively, you know, they were always like, you know, they didn't have part of that. Like, getting Randy Moss and Wes Welker was like they never really had sweet wide receivers. And Tom, by the second Super Bowl, Tom was really good. But Tom was not like 07 to 2018, Tom. So I, I think it's hard to kind of play that game. Uh, 
The Breeze Super Bowl team was really good. Crazy thing, some of the the Niner team that lost the Ravens, I thought was pretty unreal with Kaepernick. So that's that's a good exercise, maybe for another time. Between Saquon, Bar- Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott, who do you think will have a better season? Also, if you could buy a call or a put on either back, who would you do and why? It's a good question. I would say the thing with Zeke is you know what you're going to get, but their uh, their wide receivers are really good. And when you look at the coach, like he likes to throw the ball. Look at Aaron Rodgers when he had McCarthy in their peak years. Like They will throw the football. So I would say they're going to try to take pressure off Zeke, and they got CeeDee Lamb now. They paid Amari Cooper. They got Gallup. Jarwin's a good tight end. Like I think they're going to be a pass-heavy team, and they're going to rely on Zeke to run out the clock and, and win games. But Saquon Barkley is a more complete running back. He's a bigger freak show. He's more likely to bust off. Like Zeke's you know, lost a little speed because he's a power back. Saquon at any moment can bust out an 80-70 yard run. That's something Zeke just doesn't have in the bag. So I'd say from a fantasy perspective, I would take Saquon. Now, from a buy whatever, the Giants are going to stink. They have a coach who's a special teamer, special teams coach from New England. Seems like an impressive guy, but Jason Garrett's our offensive coordinator. So I, I just it's hard to trust Saquon in the offense. Like, are they going to be that good? You know, could they just be terrible? I don't know. Love the pod, and your theme music is easily the best opening. Can't take any credit for that. What do you think about the Derrick Henry four fifty million dollars contract? There was a lot of talk about him getting franchise tagged and possibly hitting the free market. Do you think the contract is comparable to what he'd get on the open market? Where does Derrick Henry stack up the other running backs in your opinion? That's a good question. I kind of talked about that earlier. Relative to other running backs, like if you just draft from scratch, uh, I think Saquon would probably be my number one overall pick. He's basically like an LT, but really fast. <laughs> you know, his his home run hitting speed is just so special. Think how shitty the Giants have been. Uh, Kamara, I would take Kamara. I would take Christian McCaffrey over Henry. But now granted, what the Tennessee Titans need out of him, I mean, he's pretty damn good, man. I'd say he's a top five, six back. And, and yeah, I'd say he would have got on the open market somewhere between 20 and 25. So I'd say he got properly paid. To me, the guaranteed money's huge because you're not tied to him for four seasons. You're tied to him for two. To me, that that's the number one key is you can be fluid. You're not stuck. And uh, to me, that's always the key with a, with a franchise tag is can, can I, or I mean with a, with a long-term contract. If you get injured or you decline, am I in trouble? Are you dead weight? And I just see, you know, in the next two years, like he's in the peak of his powers. Now, if he gets hurt, that's just that could happen to any player. But if he, if he just maintains, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Athlete contract question. Why don't players sign up for percentages rather than set in stone numbers? For example, if Pat Mahomes had a 10-year, 20 or 25% of the salary cap deal, it would allow him to make more money if the cap booms. Well, I don't think teams offer that. And, you know, it's like, well, just say no to any contract offer. Well, that's great in theory. What happens when the Chiefs go, hey, Pat, we'll give you a 10-year extension at $480 million. It's like, but I need 20%. Well, I'm offering you a contract right now that guarantees you $170 million if you 
if your leg falls off tomorrow, and more than likely, if you just play out the next six or seven years, you're going to be worth $400 million. Million. I also think when you do the 20 to 25% of the cap, you do hurt your team's ability to pay other players. And that was one of Pat Mahomes' thing. I'm going to pay you so much money where you're in good space, you're in a good spot, you can feel great because you're going to be insanely wealthy and we're going to take care of the other guys. CC Chris Jones. So I actually give Pat Mahomes a lot of credit. Like, if you're going to do a deal like that, you can make it easier in the sense of you give him so much money, he doesn't even worry about the percentages. Why do you think so many people think the Cowboys will be a really good team? All I hear is that they're going to be one of the best teams in the league, but in a sport where no team gets credit until they actually do something, it seems the opposite for the Cowboys. They have done nothing. Am I missing something? Also, I know someone the other week told you to check out Rugby League. If you have time, check out the AFL. Probably seen McAfee talk about it. I I need to check that out. Uh, Let's talk about the Cowboys. I think it's more based on that their roster is really talented. And they still have a solid offensive line. They got Zeke. They got Dak. They got multiple wide receivers. I mean, Amari is a really, really good two. Tad bit overpaid, but he's a good player. CeeDee Lamb, many people thought was the best wide receiver. Gallup's a good player. They have a good defensive line. They have two good linebackers. They did lose the dude uh, Jones to go to Miami, but, you know, if your pass rush is good, you can overcome that. I think a lot of people blame Jason Garrett. Like, if they had Kyle Shanahan, if they had a Sean McVay, if they had a Sean Payton, if they had an Andy Reid, if they had a Bill Belichick, they would have been in the playoffs every year the last couple of years. So I, I think really it's that. Because their, their talent is there. It's the coach that most people think stink. What are your thoughts on Trey Lance, the North Dakota State quarterback? I didn't watch very many North Dakota State games last year, but I've heard a lot of hype around him and have watched some of his highlights, and he looks really good. Do you think he has potential to be the best quarterback in the class? I have not watched a snap. Uh, you know, he was going to play week one Oregon. That would have been a huge game for him. Now that game is canceled because the Pac-12 is only doing conference games. You know, I don't I don't watch a small school guy until he gets like, I would have kept paid attention to him this year. Like, I didn't watch Josh Allen until the year we heard a bunch of hype, and then I watched him, and he stunk. Now, I think this guy, his numbers are insane. And he comes from a program that produced Carson Wentz. So I think when you hear Daniel Jeremiah say he's the most talented player in this class, like, he ain't lying. But I I have not watched him on tape. Who knows, like, at that level, are they even going to play? He's going to be a fascinating guy to watch, because what if his season gets canceled? Does he go pro? Uh, Would he be the number one draft pick based off one season? Out of small school, you know, he's never lost a game as a starter. He redshirted and then ran the table. I I don't think they lost a game. They definitely won the national championship. His stats were stupid. Um, Yeah, I think he's an interesting guy. I was was looking forward to watching him this fall. Now, I might not have a chance. Makes me sad just saying that out loud. Uh, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio reports players who test positive will be placed on the COVID-19 list for three weeks. Yeah, that's, I guess, uh, Mike Florio tweeted this out July 16th. Yeah, that would be something interesting to watch. Uh, if that's the case, I mean, the NBA is less is 14 days. Or, you know, the PGA Golf is if you go back-to-back days of testing negative, like if you test positive and then you go to quarantine and you keep testing all the time and then you test back-to-back days of being negative, you're allowed to come back. So to me, three weeks seems pretty strong. What happens if Patrick Mahomes gets corona? He has to miss three weeks? What if he has no symptoms and is testing negative 
10 days later, he can't come back. That's probably something they're arguing over right now. I mean, we've seen a lot of these stories over the last week. They've been going back and forth. They're trying to figure out these protocols. It's something we've been talking about here on the show. I say we like I got a crew. You guys are my crew. Is that these protocols need to get figured out, and they're really complicated. Because if I was a player, I would not sign off on three weeks. That's bullshit. I'm watching these other leagues. They don't make you go three weeks. Like If I'm testing negative, I want to play. Now, I'm all for, like, you test positive, you got to go away, you got to quarantine. But then if I keep testing, and if I'm asymptomatic and negative, like, I get to play. And if I go on the list, do, does the team still have to pay me? It does get kind of complicated. Love the pod and your work. What's your take on the Washington Post reports sexual misconduct of executives at the Redskins? Was there ever anything that seemed wrong when you were in Philadelphia? Seems every industry has their issue, some form or another. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I touched on that earlier. Uh, in my experience, I've never seen anything like that. I've never heard of a, of a scout, which was basically two scouts and a uh, and a the play by play guy <laughs> were just scumbags. Everyone I worked with might not always agree with everything they did, but I I didn't think I worked with any you know people that were like putting women in uncomfortable spots. As a hardcore Ravens fan, I noticed that you don't seem all in love with Lamar Jackson. If you were the Ravens GM, what would you do in order to remain a contender and maybe win a couple championships in the next several years? I don't not like Lamar Jackson. Let me state that. I didn't like him coming out. I have nothing but respect for how much he's improved the last two years. I just wonder, can he sustain playing like this for a decade? History would say you cannot. You have to be a thrower. You can run for a while, but Michael Vick got hurt. And I think that's as close a comp. Now, I think Lamar is more complete player than Michael Vick at the same age. But you need to get to a point where you run as like a defensive. You don't run as a main part of your game. Now, the Ravens run their offense through his legs. So I, I don't blame Lamar for not running. But for them to make the next step and for them to contend and for them to win, they're going to need him to throw the ball and be a dominant thrower. If they can do that, then they got a chance to win championships. If he can throw, and I mean consistently throw on third down against good teams at a high level, they can beat anybody because their defense is awesome and they got a ton of offensive skill guys. Their team stacked. Like the, the biggest difference between them and the Chiefs are because you could argue the Ravens' offense, or I mean, roster is better than the Chiefs. They got Patrick Mahomes. And on third and 10, he's going to light your ass up. Lamar won't right now, he can't. Now, can he get to that point? I would imagine he's been working all offseason on that fact. But to me, if, if he can become a consistent thrower against good teams, especially in the playoffs, when it's hard and they know it's coming, he can beat man coverage, he can beat zone coverage, he can beat every different quarter one, you know, uh, or quarters, cover one, cover two, cover three, different, you know, blitz packages. They're going to throw everything at him. If he can do that, then he's got a chance to be great. You know, and I think that's his question mark. Like Mahomes can't. You can throw anything at Mahomes. He'll throw seeds between your zone, between your man. He'll eat you alive and spit you out. If Lamar can get to that level, the league, I mean, he won the MVP without being able to do that. Think how scary that is. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. 
The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't Hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Lifelong Dolphins fan here, 27 years. It has been a long time since we had a consistent Pro Bowl quarterback, Marino in the 90s. What are your thoughts on Tua as a pro prospect, and does he possess the tools a pro bowler needs in this day and age? I think Tua's ability and accuracy and now to just understand his offense, and that's all he could do at Alabama. He mastered that bad boy. He would go through progressions like Tom Brady would go through progressions. It was really incredible to watch. And then he was really, really accurate, pinpoint accurate, threw a beautiful deep ball. I mean, Russell Wilson-level deep ball accuracy. My questions are, he's been hurt. He's not that big. So he's going to get rattled, you know, and when I say rattled, like hit, you know, in the pros. Can his body hold up one? And two, his teammates in, in college weren't just good, they were elite. He had two wide receivers get drafted in the top 15 this year. He is going to have two wide receivers at Alabama next year draft in the top 15. He's going to have, he played with four wide receivers that are going to end up getting drafted Potentially like the top 14, right? When Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy went a little 14, 15 to the Broncos. Just think about that. 
And he played with like Irv Smith Jr. I mean, he's played with the best players known to man in college. That's not the case for the Miami Dolphins. So can he make guys better? And I think he did make guys better in college, but those guys were already dominant, dominant players. I mean, when he showed up, Calvin Ridley Jr. was on the team. By the time he left, he had Devontae Smith, he had Waddle, and he had Judy and Ruggs. Like that's, you could argue that the wide receiving core he played with last year, one through four, is the greatest college wide receiving you know, room in the history of sport. Now, I don't know if they're going to become that in the pros, but while they were in college, they were unstoppable. Because when you look at Alabama last year, weren't a great running team. They were elite throwing the football. They could not be stopped. Of course they couldn't. They had four first-rounders. Not just four first-rounders, four borderline top ten picks. All that wide receiver. So that, that to me is just, you just never know. You know, what's he going to look like when he plays with average guys, undrafted free agents? It's going to be difficult. What is your setup for your podcast? What mic do you use? What program do you record on? Love the pot. Gave it five stars and a great review. I appreciate it, Troy. Uh, I, I use, what I do is I, use, I have an Apple computer. I record everything on GarageBand. I have a Zoom which is like an external recording uh, device. I plug a USB uh, cord into my computer that then has a cord that plugs into the Zoom. I have an auxiliary mic that you would see like a, you know, a host on like a TV show use that plugs into that Zoom. And then I'm able to record. And I have like headphones that I plug into the Zoom. So everything goes through the Zoom into the computer and the device I use is on... Uh, is GarageBand on, that comes with Apple. And I think if you go to a lot of podcasts, I know like Tim Ferriss and guys, they have YouTubes on what the equipment they have and they use. It's pretty easy. Now, it's kind of expensive. You know, I bought three or four years ago, I just got a new computer. That was a couple grand. The Zoom, I think, is like four or $500. The mic and stuff isn't that cheap. So it's basically just the computer and the Zoom are expensive. If you have that, you know, you can you can put a podcast together. What a difference offensive coordinator this with a different offensive coordinator this season for the Vikings. Do you think they need to make resigning Dalvin Cook a priority to complement Kirk Cousins in order to be successful? Or do you think Madison, who averaged about the same yards per attempt, much cheaper clip, helped them for at least the next couple years? I love that kid, the Boise State backup running back. I think it gets complicated because Dalvin Cook under no circumstances is signing Derrick Henry's deal. He's gonna want Zeke, he's gonna want Christian McCaffrey money. And he already has a torn ACL. You already have a backup. You know, you just write, I think you just write it out. You don't pay him. Now, is he going to hold out? We'll see. Uh, but it, I, I struggle to pay him. And I like Dalvin Cook. He's one of my favorite players to watch. But he's a such a physical back. Takes such a pounding. Can he hold up? You already have a really good backup. I think, was Dalvin Cook missed a game last year? He, get, he just gets banged up because he was such a physical guy. He might have missed multiple games last year. Um... Yeah, just I, I think it's a tough dilemma. You know, the the, the Titans didn't have a choice. I, I think the the Vikings. You know, what if Mad, Madison can just be like a stud running back? I think it was a third rounder, right? So you just never know. It, it's also why you take the BPA best player available because you never know when you're going to let a guy walk in free agency. Absolutely love the pod. You're doing great work. Appreciate it. I have a quick question for you about the Chicago Bears. I'm a diehard fan, but I'm a realist with the acquisition of Nick Foles. I think there's no reason why the Chicago can't go 10-6 and with the defense we have and make the playoffs. But let's say they would have a disastrous season. 
Would you as a GM field offers for Khalil Mack instead of paying him for a star player on a losing team? With his talent, I think we could still get a first-rounder for him and then draft one of the top prospects in the upcoming draft next year. Thanks again. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would... You lose, you think of everything. So I, I, I think as long as you... If you're winning, you could argue if you're winning or losing. The thing with the NFL, everything's always on the table. Everything is always on the table. You would be negligent to not you know, listen and think about every option to improve your team because you're simply not doing the job if you don't explore all your options. So I think, yeah, if the Bears went 5-11, and 11, they would have to contemplate what to do with Khalil Mack. You know, they just would. He's really expensive. He's still really good. Could you get a first-rounder for him? I think you probably still could. Maybe you couldn't. I don't, I don't know. It just depends how his season went. But, I mean, that's a pretty big hypothetical. Let's just see. I mean, the Bears won. If you don't count Week 17 when they played, I think, the Vikings, and the Vikings already had playoffs wrapped up, and it didn't matter. They were 7-8. and eight. So they were a 7-8 and eight team with arguably the worst quarterback in the league in Mr. Trubisky. If you just get average quarterback play... Instead of being seven and eight, they're probably, you know, seven and eight is fifteen, so they're probably nine and six, right? I, it's just that simple. Quarterback play is that important, and Mr. Bisky was that terrible. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy the sun. Play a little golf. Go to the pool, and uh, enjoy your families. And I will talk to y'all next week. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. 
No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.